Hi, and welcome to the Scrum Master Careers podcast. My name is Simon, and I'm a freelance Scrum Master on a mission. I want to help you have the best career possible. Is your goal to become a Scrum Master, get better as a Scrum Master, or stop being a Scrum Master and look for a new challenge? Then you have come to the right place. In my podcast, successful Scrum Masters share their stories. Some have started right out of college, others as experienced software developers, and others came from completely different fields. Want to know how they did it? Then keep on listening. Hello and welcome to the Scrum Master Careers podcast. We have a very special guest today to welcome on this episode, Stefan Weinhold from Austria. A seasoned professional with an impressive career spending over two decades, Stefan has made his mark in the tech industry by successfully navigating through various strategic roles and making a significant impact. Having worked with six diverse organizations at least, from read exhibitions to his current position at SNN Invent Consulting, Stefan's journey is a testament to adaptability and continuous learning. He has worn many hats, starting as head of web, moving to digital project manager, mastering the role of a Scrum Master, and now serving as a consultant. His experience in Scrum and Agile methodologies is especially noteworthy, with more than four years dedicated to Scrum Master roles. What makes his story even more compelling is his versatility. Having applied his skills across various sectors, exhibitions, digital solutions, the food industry, banking, software, and consulting. In this episode, Stefan will share his insights on career progression, transitioning between industries, the intricacies of Scrum roles, and the exciting possibilities that await after being a Scrum Master. So, whether you're an aspiring Scrum Master, a professional looking to pivot your career, or you're simply interested in gaining insights from a tech industry veteran, this episode promises to be packed with valuable takeaways. Let's get it started. Hi, Stefan. Simon, hi. Hey, welcome to the show. I have one question Just for you. To, me. To, to get started, first question, how did you manage to work with teams in over 20 countries? No sleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice <one. laughs> no sleep. I think things, things are, are growing on you at some point. I was in a lucky position to work with teams from other countries at a, at a very soon um, stage of, of my career. Pretty soon, get, you just get used to it. You just adapt and um, can you tell me the, sink the or swim breath? at some point. Yeah. Okay, the, the breadth of these country or those cultural differences. Are we talking Western Europe, Canada, America? Are we talking the whole world? I think all of the place. I come from Salzburg. So if you get on the train there and you travel like two and a half hours to the east, you're in Vienna and it's a totally different culture. I was, I still am in a lucky position to work with people from all over the place. States, Southern America, Africa, of course, India, Southeast Asia in general, Australia and all over Europe. All right. Interesting. And you mentioned uh, you were involved in working with people from other countries early on. I know you didn't start as a Scrum Master. How did you get started no. in your professional career? I think I have a highly typical resume. But then when you look at, at Scrum Masters in my air quotes age group or whatever you want to call it, I think it's typical to have an, an untypical career path. I mean, you get the, mm -hmm. the Scrum Masters that are like in their late 50s, 60s, and they basically all started as software developers and at some point they wanted to help their team to organize the projects and then they became a software developer slash scrum master and then you got a lot of people in the scrum master role who are like in their early 20s to mid 30s and most of them started fresh from university and then you got 
a few people in my age group, which means around their around 40, so I was born 81, and I think they all got pretty crooked career paths. So for me, it was I spent my teenage years in the 1990s, and it was about do what you love, and it's not a self love. Do what you love, like we see now these days. It was more a hedonistic, do what you love, um, 1990s. And my dad always was like, do what you love, because A, who says you're good at it? And B, if you do what you love for a living, you're going to hate it. I'm trying to avoid to dropping. Was yes, because you have to do it. I, I try to avoid dropping F-bombs here. Sorry. Um, well, no, go ahead. Fuck this. <laughs> All good. <laughs> you fucking hate it. So... By the way, I, I, I heard that you like to break rules, so feel free to break some of my rules. <laughs> it's fine. So I think I think I at first I didn't listen to my dad. So I was like, <laughs> I want to be I want to become a musician. Who is there? Is no teenager out there who is listening to their dad? I was like, I want to become a musician. What um, kind it of turned musician? out like singing or guitar. Or? Yeah, for me it was playing guitar. Mm. It turned out the more involved i got with it the more it turned into a job the more i hated it mm. so my dad was right and during high school i attended a lot of courses that dealt with internet whatever it it meant back then we're talking about late yeah. 1990s and the idea to combine to combine those two to like technology and music and i was like okay i'm going to attend a school for audio engineering after after having my a-levels and um it also was not a good idea because I hated this one even more because I was not good at it. And I was like, okay, maybe. What, what do you learn? That was a, right. In a, sorry, what do you learn in a university for or in a course for audio engineering? So it was a it was a, it was a private school, um, and it was all of the audio engineering parts, like like cutting tape. And um, recording music and recording speech and syncing audio with with film and and all those things. Okay, I was I really sucked at this one. Um, <laughs> so I was like, okay, I I like that, I love that, um, but it's just I'm not good at it. Did you finish the course? Yeah, but never worked in this in this field mm. never did anything with it what i'm was recording yeah it, it never was an actual job because in parallel to that um i founded a company together with a friend of mine and and we were running projects and we started out with 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 building web pages and again that we're talking about early 2000s or yeah it was like 2000 2001 2002 okay so um it was easy to start a company that is building web pages for other companies because there, there weren't that much companies who would do that. Um, and I made some nice money with it because ActionScript, thanks Macromedia, but still um, there were other people who were way better at doing this than I was. Mm. And at some point after doing this for like one, two, two and a half years, I realized that... Um, what I'm good at is is talking, organizing, helping other people to organize around work, aka project management. And I'm not I'm not saying I'm I'm the natural born project manager here. What I'm saying is um it took me a while to realize what I'm good at. And it took me a while to 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 realize that this is what I'm going to do for a living. Do I love project management? Hell no. Um, yeah, yeah, I love it. I, it grew on me, but um, 
it was just that thing that, that I was like, okay, this is easy. And it's at least for me, and it's not easy for other people because otherwise they mm. wouldn't pay me doing this. No. So at this point I was like, okay, I'm a project manager. Here we go. Interesting. How did you decide then to become a scrum master at one point? That was after I think, 15 years, right? Or like, yeah, it was, I think it was pure, pure luck. I, here around Salzburg, you got a multitude of, of machine building companies. Um, and we got family connections here and there. And, um, in the early aughts, so we're still talking 2001, 2002, they, there were a lot of, integration projects that need to be done. And I'm not talking about software integration. I'm talking about business integration, mm. like company A buying shares of company B. And now they, the Oracle ERP needs to talk with SAP. Mm. And we're talking about 20 years ago. So it was not some context menu and then clickety, clickety, click. And then you had those two ERPs connected. We're talking about getting your hands dirty. And there were a lot of U.S. companies involved in those projects. And we were facing high levels of uncertainty, what to do and how to do it. So we're talking about HR project management methodologies here, adaptive, iterative, incremental. I don't want to turn this here into a HR project management theory hour. <laughs> Teaching session. <laughs> so... Um, a lot of those teams that I worked with were using Scrum. And a lot of those teams, the first the first HR project man methodology that, that ever crossed my path and that I ever saw in the wild was, was Chrysler Family. That's one for the project management museums. And I you saw you would you would see design driven um, DSDM, all those methods. And Scrum was there pretty often. And so I continued working as a project manager and at some point I worked as a portfolio manager, but when I've been working with teams, I mostly implemented scrum there. And I, I pretty often had the, the role of a scrum master there as well. Although I've always considered myself a project manager and later on a, a portfolio manager. So it was just luck so that I, I, I just stumbled into this. No, I saw on LinkedIn that you worked for four years as a Scrum Master, but it sounds like you were working in an agile environment already before that, before you I officially worked, called yes. this. Yes. Right? So what I'm, what I'm, I mean, you just heard it. My, my resume is, is pretty weird. <laughs> so <laughs> I've, I've seen one, others. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen way worse, but so the, the one you're seeing on LinkedIn is the pimp version of it. Um, okay. okay. But now it is, it is, the, it is the honest version. So I'm not, I'm not inventing stuff. I'm not letting stuff out. Mm. It's just that after a while, I mean, I'm doing this for more than 20 years now. So after a while yeah. I needed to, to, to group things. I'll be like, okay, for this period of time, I just been working as a, I've, I've, as a project person, whatever, whatever mm. role it was, I've been dealing with projects throughout this area from year i don't know 2002 i don't know what um can i ask you a and question? i have various roles there yeah, yeah always so, that's why we're here cool. <laughs> nice um some people like to have like clear roles and role descriptions and know what they kind of have to do or can do 
um, you sound like you're very comfortable with just working whatever comes along. Um, is that just you naturally or is that a technique that you do? I think it's both. I think it's a not not giving a a damn about those things, about what the door sign says. I think it's about, and it, I think it's. Sorry, I just used the term. I think like three or four times in a row. That's good. That means I you're thinking. To... <laughs> I'm not dead yet. Um, <laughs> I always had the ability to work with awesome people. And they always made me feel secure. So in most work environments where I worked, I always felt secure and I always felt safe. And I think when you're feeling secure and safe, you don't need to have a fancy door sign. Mm -hmm. Then I how, think at one the, point the you... fancier, the, yeah. Go ahead. Um, just to, to kind of go back to your transition from project management to kind yeah. of having it officially on LinkedIn as Scrum Master. Um, was there a clear cut or were you then like a full-time scrum master? How did that transition go? Yes. Yes. I was kind of a clear cut. Um, my kids were born. Oh, and nice. um, how many kids do you have? All of a sudden I got two kids uh, and I feel like they are eight or nine kids. <laughs> I guess that's what all parents are saying. So um, you had to become agile. I had, yes, no, I was, I was looking for a for a to have more rhythm in my work life, um, because when you're having kids, kids are arrhythmic, and I was like, okay, my work life is arrhythmic, um, my private life is arrhythmic. Um, I need to there needs to be some rhythm somewhere. Now you can't force your kids to have this, so I was like, okay, I need to force my work life um, to have some some rhythm and some some more structure. Um, And my wife told me, and my wife is always right because every wife everywhere is right. Um, my wife told me, look at, look at what you enjoy most doing or what you, what you like most doing in, in those things. And so, um, try to have more structure in your, in, in your, in the way you're seeing work. And then I was like, okay, um, and so I applied for a job. Yeah, go ahead. A scrum master um, or being a scrum master means having a, a stable, structured job. I think, I mean, look at the scrum guide. That's like 16, 17 pages of, of stability and structure. So I think so, yes. It is a chaotic environment. Um, and I think a lot of organizations are forcing their scrum masters out of stable environments. But... Um, in theory, the job of a Scrum Master is as stable as it gets. I think there is no clearer job description anywhere in the world than, than the job of Scrum Master. It's like those one or two paragraphs in the Scrum Guide. And he says, this is what you do as a Scrum Master. Yeah, the product owner. This is what you do as a product owner. I think it's pretty clear and straightforward. I know the environment itself, highly unstable. I'm not going to use the term walker here. But you know what I mean? Yeah. No. Okay, cool. Great. So I'm hearing you had a kind of versatile career path up until the time when you wanted more stability and structure. So you became a scrum master and that's the wrap for the first session. I know that you wrote a book and we're going to yeah. talk about that in the next part. So everyone who's listening in, stay tuned, uh, sign up, dial in to the next episode and I'll see you there. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. If you got value out of this episode, 
please share it with other Scrum Masters. If you have feedback for me, or if you want to recommend a guest for my show, please let me know via www.scrummastercareers.com. My name is Simon, and this was the Scrum Master Careers Podcast. See you in the next episode.